Blog Talk Radio. Good morning. Welcome to the Erin Chamberlick Show. I'm your host, the Real Food Revivalist, Erin Chamberlick, coming to you live from my new location in Brentwood, Tennessee. This show is an educational and informative program that teaches you how to eat real food for permanent weight loss, amazing energy, optimal health, and reduced cravings, among other things. You can visit iTunes to listen to um, all of my previously recorded podcasts. I'm a holistic nutrition educator and advocate for natural health, and you'll enjoy programs that help you reach your optimal health, vitality, and wellness goals. Visit my website, getbetterwellness.com. Well, this morning we have a fabulous show. Are you sick and tired of the state of your health? Are you just plain tired and fatigued? Have you been frustrated with the lack of answers from your physician? Are you fed up with the standard medical office visit where you leave with nothing more than a pill for your ill? Well, fatigue is one of the most common complaints in doctor's offices, and yet it's also one of the most poorly managed and misunderstood illnesses until now. And that quote is from my guest today, um, who is amazing, and she has written a brand new book that will help you get your health and energy back. The book is called Reclaim Your Energy and Feel Normal Again, Fixing the Root Cause of Your Fatigue with Natural Treatments. And you'll find a link, um, in case you're not grabbing your pen and paper right now, you'll find a link for her book on my website under the resources tab. I'm building a recommended reading list and Reclaim Your Energy and Feel Normal Again is right at the top. So I would like to welcome my guest today, and her name is Dr. Carrie Drizga. Welcome, Dr. Carrie. Hi, Erin, and good morning, listeners. Thanks for joining us from Ottawa, Ontario, Canada, um, where Carrie is known as the Functional Medicine Doc, and she helps find and fix the root cause of health problems with natural treatments so you can feel normal again. And if you've ever listened to my show or read my blog, you know we are two peas in a pod here of looking for root causes. Um, Dr. Carey has been in private practice since 1996, and she has degrees in chiropractic and naturopathic medicine, and she has additional training in functional medicine, um, acupuncture, the Kalish method, as well as being certified gluten practitioner. So she is a wealth of information, and I want to jump right into our show. Um, so, Dr. Carey, I'm so excited to have you on the show. Um, can we just start by having you tell us what is functional medicine for listeners who maybe aren't quite familiar with that phrase? So that's a great question, Erin. Functional medicine is a new and emerging field of healthcare. It's basically a specialty within natural medicine. And so think about while doctors typically address your symptoms, functional medicine is really about finding and fixing the underlying cause of those symptoms so that you can experience real and lasting results. Functional medicine doctors pinpoint the root underlying cause of health problems 
and then work with their patients as a team to fix it together using treatments that are natural, safe, and proven effective. And Erin, everything in your body is connected. I know that you already know that. And you know, oftentimes doctors prescribe medications to correct one symptom, but those medications start affecting other parts of the body. And in functional medicine, we understand that because everything is connected, we tend to think outside the box, not only in how we diagnose, but also in how we treat patients. We also look at each and every patient as being unique, even if they all suffer with the same health problem, and, and today we just happen to be talking about fatigue. And so that means that every patient gets a personalized approach to care and a personalized approach to treatment. You know, there's no one-size-fits-all approach to healthcare. It doesn't work with t-shirts, and it certainly doesn't work with health care. So that's a little bit about what functional medicine is. Right, and um, so I love that, that you're all about finding the root cause because so often if you go into the doctor's office and you tell them you're tired, they'll do, you know, probably two basic tests on you and that if they can't figure it out from there, then, of course, it's in your head and you need, uh, you know, antidepressant or something or you need to quit your job or whatever. So we have real answers. We're not going to just give you those um, little uh, non-helpful answers. So to, first of all, why are you so passionate about this topic of fatigue and lack of energy? I guess, Erin, it really stems from my own story. I was, well, I was, and I'm still a chiropractor. And about 15 years into my career, I decided that I really wasn't as satisfied as I had hoped to be. And so I decided that I wanted to go back to school to become a naturopathic doctor. And so once I made that decision, I had to move from, Ontario to Chicago. I was still treating my patients back in Ontario. I would fly back and forth. So I was doing this over a period of two years. And I was in class 30 hours a week. I was taking a full schedule, plus exams, plus writing papers, all of that student life. And I did this for two years. And about six months in, I started having fatigue. And of course, I knew it was because of all of the stress I was under. And so I was taking some supplements like multivitamins and whatnot just to try and keep my system as healthy as I could be as I was putting my body and my brain through so much, through so much stress. And then a few months after that, I was back home, went to see my family doctor, and my family doctor ran some tests and told me I had a low thyroid and said, well, you know, we usually don't do anything about this until your numbers get really bad. And I said, whoa, wait a oh, second, that's terrible. that doesn't make any sense to me. <laughs> like, I don't want to get worse before you start treating me. So I started working, you know, harder on my health, which is not easy to do when you're so busy and you're so stressed, which I'm sure a lot of your listeners have been in that situation or are, are presently in that situation. So once I finally graduated and I took my board exams, I basically literally slept for like three months, and I thought that all I really needed was sleep to recharge my batteries, and I would be fine. And that didn't happen. And so finally, once my license came through and I was able to finally start testing and treating myself, which doctors usually don't recommend testing and treating themselves, but that's what I did because I was 
bound and determined to really figure out where was my fatigue coming from. And so I went through sure. a whole process of doing saliva testing to figure out what are my hormones doing, doing stool testing, and I found a parasite. And parasites are very common. So I was treating those things. I completely changed my diet and I went gluten-free. And all of these steps seem to help little by little. And I do, Erin, I really do believe that food is your best medicine. And I find across the board that the patients that make the biggest changes in their diets have the biggest changes in their health. And then finally for me, the, the, the biggest breakthrough I had for my fatigue story was when I started treating my brain. And that for some people, the fatigue really is all in their head, meaning that it is an imbalance between their serotonin and dopamine. So once I got that figured out and squared away, my fatigue was gone. Wow. Yeah, that's pretty powerful that, you know, you were building the foundational pieces and, you know, kind of circling in. And, and I always say it's like peeling the layers of an onion. It's not as simple as here's your pill, now go away. There's usually a lot of things that are broken when you get to the point that you were at with that severe stress and, you know, that is um, so damaging to health. And so many people are burning the candle at both ends and they need some serious help from us. <laughs> so balancing the hormones, um, you know, was key. And, and did you start to feel back to yourself after you did all of those steps? Yeah, after each step, I felt a little bit better. But I knew I was not at 100% yet. So it really was a step-by-step process. And like you said, for most patients, for most people, it is step-by-step. It's, it's usually not simple. You just do this one thing and then poof, you're just magically cured. So I did feel a little bit better after every step, but my biggest breakthrough, and that just happened to be from my story, every fatigue sufferer is different. And really, where is the needle in their haystack? For me, it happened to be when I balanced my brain. Okay. Yeah, so the the thing I hear you say and read um you when you're writing on your blog and in your book is that there's always a reason for fatigue. And this is what you're so good at is um highlighting some root causes. In fact, I think there were eight fatigue factors in the book and although it's complex information, you have a way of presenting it in a way that everybody can understand and, um, you know, find takeaways for themselves. So let's say a person walks into your office and they are just bone tired, fatigued, they know something's wrong, this isn't how they used to feel. What are some of the things you're going to do um, and look for with this patient? That's an excellent question, Erin. So, of course, the first thing that I'm going to do is uh, figure out, I kind of screen my patients to see, really, am I the right doctor for this patient? So they apply to be a patient in my practice. And once I figure out, yeah, I'm pretty sure I can help this person, we'll sit down and I'll get a full history from them. Try, and it's a lot like detective work. So I'm kind of like a health detective to really find figure out the clues to piece their case together so their history gives me some clues. Of course, they'll fill out an extensive questionnaire. And our questionnaire is like 14 pages long. 
we really want to know everything about you because, like I said, it's all connected in your body. And so then after that, a, a lot of patients have already been to see a doctor. They've already had some testing done. So I'll get my hands on their records. I'll get my hands on their tests, and I'll look through their blood work, and I'll see, okay, what were you tested for? What were your numbers? Were they within the normal range but on the low end of the range? Or really are they within the ideal range? So I look at the blood work a little bit differently. I'm looking for numbers that are ideal for health. And then I'm also looking for what did your doctor not test you for? And just within looking for, through the blood work, I can already get a sense of what might be causing that patient's fatigue. Then usually after that, I fill in the blanks for the blood work. I'll send the patient for additional testing to fill in the blanks where their doctor missed. And then depending on that patient's case, we might jump into doing stool testing to figure out what is going on in their digestive system. We might jump to saliva testing and jump to looking at hormones. We might start looking at food sensitivities. Like you said, Erin, in my book there's, there's really 14 causes, but in the book I showcase eight of them. And depending on what that patient tells me, I'll usually be able to figure out, okay, what is the right path to go down to help fix their fatigue? And everybody's a little bit different. Okay, gotcha. Um, so I do understand it's, um, you know, there's bio-individuality among people. And we know our doctors are usually going to check for anemia and thyroid, but I find that when they bring me their lab work that, like you said, the testing was inadequate or misinterpreted, and often they're walking right over a blatant case of hypothyroidism. Can you just speak to that for a minute, just so patients who or people who have had their thyroid tested and the doctor said, oh, you're normal, what would you look for? What kind of tests would you ask for and what kind of numbers would you suspect would be hypothyroid? Oh, absolutely, Erin, and you're right. Thyroid problems are very prevalent, even if, you know, quote, your tests are normal. So typically in a doctor's office, they'll do one test to check the thyroid, and it's called the TSH test, and TSH stands for thyroid stimulating hormone. This test is more like a screening test. And if you think of like a window screen on your window, it's going to keep the big bugs out, but still little bugs can pass through that screen. So a screening test only tells us so much. In fact, all tests only tell us so much. So this TSH test what doctors will often do is they'll use the, the normal range that's on the lab uh, forms, and they'll compare your number to the normal range. And so one of the problems with this is that um, a few years ago, the American Academy of Clinical Endocrinologists came out with new guidelines for this TSH test, and they consider a TSH of point three to 3.0 as normal. So if your TSH is above a 3.0, 
according to American Academy of Clinical Endocrinologists, you have a low thyroid. And so a lot of people will be in that, will be above three, but their doctor will still say you're normal because they're using the wrong range. Mm-hmm. And yeah. then above and beyond that, Erin, and I don't want to get too technical and start boring your listeners, but we have to start thinking about the, the, the chain of function. Your brain talks to your thyroid. Your thyroid then makes T4, and in your body, T4 gets converted into the hormone T3. And T4 and T3 are the two most prevalent thyroid hormones, uh, the most active being T3. And a lot of doctors don't, don't even bother testing T4 and T3. And so you could have a totally normal TSH but still have problems with T4 and T3. And you would never know if you've never been tested. And that's part of why you can, quote, have a normal thyroid but still have all of the typical symptoms of low thyroid. Right. And that's what's so unfortunate is a lot of people are are just told you're normal when they're really not. And so that's why I just encourage people to find a naturopath, um, you know, holistic nutrition person who understands the thyroid um, and functional, you know, medicine is you know, where you're going to get the best help. So it's worth it to me, even if you have to pay out of pocket, um, to get help because how many years do you want to feel horrible and not get real answers? Well, can we jump over to um, nutrient deficiencies? Um, You said food is medicine, and I, of course, support that, that we need to eat a nutrient-dense diet. And, um, you know, I don't know your thoughts, but I believe that includes quality animal protein, grass-fed meats and wild-caught fish and fats, um, you know, as well as vegetables and fruit seeds and nuts. Um, you know, can you speak about the, the food as medicine and maybe some common deficiencies that contribute to fatigue? Absolutely, Erin. And I totally agree with what you listed off as a healthy diet. And it's interesting because a lot of patients will come in and they'll look at me and they'll say, they'll, or they'll assume that I'm a vegetarian or they'll ask, Dr. Curie, are you a vegetarian? And I'll say, no, I, I eat meat. I eat steak, and this is the kind of diet I follow. Healthy meats, healthy fruits and vegetables, lots of nuts and seeds for your good, healthy fats. And I really do believe that food, food can be your medicine or it can be your poison. So like I said earlier, the, the people that do make the biggest strides in their health, it all usually boils down to diet is a key part of that, building that foundation. But even patients that do come in and they are on the right diet already, they do still, they can still suffer from deficiencies. And, and I'll tell you, Erin, I'll share with you and your listeners the three most common deficiencies that I find. At the top of my list is vitamin D. And vitamin D over the past year has been a really hot topic in natural medicine. Vitamin D is a very common deficiency despite where you live. You know, we know vitamin D as the sunshine vitamin, but you could live in Miami, Florida and still have a vitamin D deficiency. And anywhere, let's say, north of Tennessee and certainly into Canada, 
vitamin D deficiency is extremely common. And because vitamin D is the sunshine vitamin, when it comes to food, we just cannot get adequate amounts of vitamin D from food alone. And so just to kind of explain when, when you have a vitamin D deficiency, you know, think about how you usually feel during the winter. Typically, we feel a little bit more slow, more sluggish, a little bit more tired. We gain a few pounds. And then think about how you feel during the summer. Typically, you just have more energy. You just feel more alive. And those few pounds that you gain, they just naturally just, they just melt away during the summer. And a lot of that has to do with vitamin D. So if you have a vitamin D deficiency, your body is basically in hibernation mode. Even during the middle of July, even during the middle of August, your body could still be in hibernation mode. And vitamin D is one of the few vitamins that every single cell of your body needs to work properly. And vitamin D deficiency, other than fatigue, uh, deficiency can cause like generally achy feelings in your muscles and in your bones, aches and pains. But vitamin D is also very interesting in that it's, being, it's been known as the grand deceiver because it can mimic many different illnesses. It can mimic uh, sun sensitivity, uh, frequent infections, autoimmune diseases, fibromyalgia, Usually fibromyalgia sufferers are very deficient in vitamin D. And so when it comes to getting vitamin D from the sun, the, the best time of the day to get your vitamin D is at the peak hours of the sun when it's right above your head. So let's say between 11 in the morning and 1 in the afternoon. And you want to think about the shadow that your body casts. Your shadow should be shorter than you are tall. So literally, the sun should be beating down on you right above your head. That's when the sun is the strongest, and that's when you're going to actually make the most amount of vitamin D in the shortest period of time. And the research has shown, like literally within 15 minutes, your body could easily make 15,000 to 20,000 units of vitamin D. And now that's without sunscreen, no sunscreen at all, on a bright blue sunshine day. And yeah. you have to have at least half of your body exposed, half of your skin exposed, so shorts and a T-shirt. That's really how we can get vitamin D from the sun. But Erin, a lot of people work 9 to 5. They don't mm -hmm. have time to go out during their lunch break, peel off their jacket, hike up their pants or whatnot to, to expose their skin, and it can be so hot, they don't want to be out there in the heat and humidity when they're in their professional clothes, too. So a lot of people, even though they, they think they're getting enough sun, they're really not. And the only way to really know what your vitamin D level is, is to get tested. And in Canada, we are aiming for like ideal vitamin D levels to be between 125 and 250. And in the U.S., your numbers would be, for ideal levels, 50 to 100. And that's because we just use different units of measurement. Right. And, and if you look at the LabCorp re 
report, it's going to say you're normal if you're 30, but you're really not. Um, 50 is the bottom level, and we need to supplement um, with a quality D3. I, I have one on my website that has um, 5,000 units in olive oil because so many of the supplements um, aren't in a quality fat, and D3 is a fat-soluble vitamin, or they're in soybean oil, which we don't want. But some people may need, you know, five to 10,000 a day to get them into that range of 50 to 100. And they're, they think they're doing a good thing by taking 200 units, uh, according to the government, you know, or 400, and, and they're never going to get there, are they? That's exactly right. That's why you need to be tested and start taking vitamin D. The vitamin D that you have on your website is fantastic. And you always want to take your vitamin D with your largest meal of the day. Research has proven that you can get upwards of 40% better absorption when you take it with your largest meal of the day. And once you start on vitamin D, you should get retested in four to six months to figure out what exact level do you need to take to keep you within that ideal range. Erin, I have a patient that I met with this week who has rheumatoid arthritis. And vitamin D is, is vital for anybody that has an autoimmune disease. In this particular patient, she needs 25,000 units of vitamin D on a daily basis to keep her numbers within that ideal range. Yeah, that's important. And if you can't get your doctor to test D3, um, you know, contact me because I can get you an at-home test, and it's somewhere around $75. But hopefully your doctor will do it, and it will run through your insurance um, because it's critical that we get it. But now you've got to listen to, you know, what Dr. Carey says about the results to know if they're normal. So 50 is the minimum and somewhere in the range of 50 to 100 um, Dr. Carey, we just have a couple of minutes. I was wondering if you could mention maybe some other things besides uh, vitamin D, a couple other nutrients that you commonly see um, deficiencies in contributing to fatigue. Absolutely. So the next most common one that I see is B12. And again, as with most uh, blood tests, the the lab gives a range that's very broad, for B12, it's like between 125 and 600 is considered normal. Well, the research shows that you need to be above 600 to really have adequate B12 in your body. So there was some really interesting research that they did. They took a group of patients. They took their blood and measured their B12. And then they also tapped their spine and measured the B12 in their cerebrospinal fluid. And what they found was that you could have quote, adequate amounts of B12 in the blood, but it would still be very low within the nervous system. So the magic number for B12 is to get it above 600. And that way it's flooding not only your body but also into your nervous system. And B12, as you know, Erin, the, the best sources of B12 happen to be animal foods, fish and shellfish, mm -hmm. uh, red meat, organ meats, and I commonly find that B12, that people just, their levels are not high enough. And I'll have them supplement with B12 until they get their levels high. I'll have them stop their B12 and see if they can maintain it with their diet, because I do believe that diet is the best way. And then D3 
The other one that I wanted to sh just share with you in these few remaining minutes is magnesium. Common mm -hmm. classic symptoms of magnesium deficiency besides fatigue are uh, cravings for chocolate, just having um, generalized muscle tightness in the body, people that clench their teeth or grind their teeth at night, that can signal magnesium defi deficiency, muscle cramps or spasms or twitching, and any um, back pain or back spasms, that can also signal magnesium deficiency. And in mm -hmm. our body, we need magnesium for over 350 different reasons. And magnesium is, like I said, we need it, we need it for over 350 different reasons. And if you're low in magnesium, you might have like irritability, anxiety, headaches, high blood pressure, constipation, fibromyalgia, restless leg syndrome. So magnesium can help with a lot of different problems. And there is no good blood test for magnesium. Typically on your blood work you'll see magnesium is like a serum magnesium. That, that level, you would have to be extremely critically ill for that number to be out of balance. There's also a test called an RBC or red blood cell magnesium. There's still a lot of controversy as to how accurate that is as well. So one of the things that I'll have my patients yeah. do is just take magnesium and the best forms of magnesium, the number one is magnesium glycinate and then second to that is magnesium citrate. I'll just have them start taking it and I'll slowly have them just slowly increase their dose until they get diarrhea. And that's like your body's overflow valve. When your levels have hit the Dr. top, Terry, we're um, running on fumes here on our podcast, so I'm going to have okay. to unfortunately stop here and direct people to your website, drcarri.com, and your book for tons more information, my website, getbetterwellness.com, um, where you can find magnesium glycinate capsules that Dr. Carey was mentioning. And soon I will have um, a sublingual B12 um, that's hydroxocobalamin that's very absorbable. And the D3 in olive oil can be found at GetBetterWellness.com. But thank you so much for being on the podcast today. I, I needed about twice as much time, but this will whet the appetite of the listeners and um, hopefully direct them to your book, which is on my recommended reading list under the Resources tab. So thank you, Dr. Carey. You're welcome, Erin. Thank you so much for having me on, and thank you, listeners. Thank you. Have a great day, everyone. Bye-bye.